This is the Storm Report. Hey there, welcome to the Storm Report podcast in association with the Storm Report Radio Network. I'm your host, Tommy Castor. Don't forget to hit subscribe. That way, every time we have a brand new episode of the Storm Report podcast, you'll be notified. You can listen to us wherever you find your favorite podcasts, including platforms like iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and many, many others out there as well. Uh, Of course, you can always go online to our website, thestormreport.com, to listen to the podcast as well. You can also get interactive radar, your custom forecast, and much more. Again, that's thestormreport.com. You can follow us on Facebook at the Storm Report Radio Network and on Twitter at the Storm Report. So it's been, I think, about a week or maybe a little bit over a week since we've had president and meteorologist of the Storm Report podcast or the Storm Report Radio Network, Dan Holiday, on the Storm Report podcast with us. Dan is joining us today. Uh, Dan, thank you so much for being here. Hey, thanks, Tommy. It's uh, it's awesome to be here with you again. You know, we were talking, uh, I believe, yesterday about uh, the Memorial Day weekend. And, you know, obviously, the Storm Report Radio Network provides uh, weather uh, reports and severe weather coverage for radio stations from coast to coast. You were telling me that uh, that uh, for all intents and purposes, the holiday weekend was relatively slow for you. It was relatively slow. You know, it seems like I was I was I think I was telling you I was uh, kind of joking with a friend of mine. Um the morning of Memorial Day, I said, I think we're going to get through this whole weekend without having to do any live coverage for any of our stations. And that is so rare for Memorial Day weekend. And then lo and behold, uh, on Monday evening, we wound up having severe weather and tornado warnings in northeastern Oklahoma. And uh, so yet again, we had to go live. But that's just that's common for this time of year. But it is, um, you know, unusually slow. And I just saw um, a social media post from um, some research uh groups in Iowa that showed that the state of Kansas uh, had the third fewest tornado warnings for the month of May in the last 30 years. So they've only had 21 so far as of today. Wow. So is it been, has it been slow in just the central U.S. or has it been you know unusually slow severe weather-wise pretty much all over the country? Great question. You know, uh, it's it's been slow pretty much across the country. Where the the bigger tornado totals lie are in the deep south. And um, I believe uh, Mississippi is number one right now. Number two is Texas. Then it goes to, um, I want to say, you know, Georgia, Alabama, Louisiana. Those round out pretty much the top five. But uh, when you look at like Oklahoma, Kansas, and Missouri, um, Oklahoma's had 29 tornado reports. Missouri's had 20, Kansas 11. And that's just so odd for, you know, almost the end of May. And they are not going to see any more tornado reports, it looks like, for the rest of the month. Yeah, so my, my question would be, does it look like this is maybe just a slower start and it, it might potentially be a more active June? Or do you think that uh, just in general uh, that this part of the country has just kind of bypassed severe weather season for 2020? Well, it's certainly uh, it's certainly missed the peak. You know, the, the peak time for all the ingredients to come together are April and May. You can always get tornadoes into June. And um, what we what we see is is this this high pressure pattern over the central part of the country that's going to take shape starting on Friday, and there may be some overnight thunderstorms that roll in from time to time, but that ridge will stick around through about maybe the sixth or seventh of June, and uh, you know by then sometimes the weather patterns will change and we don't see them this early, but if that are, that is the case, you know we could see something after then, but but again. I mean, typically in May, we're we're super busy and we're super busy in early June, just not seeing that this year. 
So how do you fill your time then? I mean, if you're not doing severe weather coverage, I mean, do you have other hobbies to keep yourself busy? Well, that's a great question. You know, I, uh, I would say just focusing on all, you know, it seems like in May and June or, or April, May and June, you're just constantly playing catch up because you don't get any sleep and you're working um, late hours doing live severe weather coverage. And so it's, there's really been some kind of good chances to take a break and, and uh, actually look at ways that we can grow and evolve. And, you know, we've been doing that um, somewhat on a digital basis now. So that's given us a chance to expand a little bit, especially with this podcast this time of year when typically we'd be way too busy to even think about it. We're talking to meteorologist Dan Holiday from the Storm Report Radio Network here on the Storm Report podcast about the slow, severe weather season, especially here in the central U.S. Before we get to our main topic on the podcast today, which is talking about a severe weather outbreak a year ago when it was not nearly as slow, before we talk about that, let's talk about what we're looking for today. There's a slight chance of severe thunderstorms in a couple of different portions of the U.S. We're not looking at a major outbreak uh, by any means, but there is a slight risk. Dan, why don't you walk folks through what we're looking at today? Yeah, a couple of areas that we're keeping an eye on. Actually, let's make that three areas that we're keeping an eye on. Primarily the front range of the Rockies, where oftentimes you get uh, you know afternoon and evening thunderstorms that roll off the Rockies and into northeastern Colorado um, because of the elevation there. Um, you know, the elevation, the ground is higher, closer to the sky and closer to those storm cloud bases so the hail can be quite large there. That would be a hail threat primarily. Low pressure now spinning over um, eastern Oklahoma and western Arkansas. Moisture is going to wrap around that and we're going to have thunderstorm chances all the way from uh, southeastern Texas through Louisiana, even into northern Mississippi and uh, northwestern Alabama. And those uh, storm chances may linger all the way up into, I would say, New York State. So, um, we're going to see that. Also, afternoon thunderstorms are quite common along the coast of Florida this time of year. So those folks will see that, especially along the Atlantic coast where we were watching uh, and hoping for the SpaceX launch there. Um, but um, we also see another area of thunderstorms from about Del Rio, Texas, further south to Brownsville, along the Mexico-Texas border. There is going to be a risk of some severe weather, including a few isolated tornadoes. Yeah, you you mentioned the SpaceX launch and and you know the storms yesterday that postponed that uh, for this weekend and it does look like there is going to be another risk of storms uh, on that launch day. I, I do want to to mention uh, I saw some video and I don't know if you saw this too, but uh, of of flooding down in Miami, just a ton of rainfall in Southeast Florida uh, over the last several days or so, and it just seems like you know especially the eastern part of the U.S. has just been inundated with rain over the last couple. Of weeks or so they have been there's been uh, a, a tropical system off the coast of uh the carolinas south carolina that is now moving on out to a uh, sea but there has been a system nearby which has brought florida torrential rains over and over again where they don't see it quite so often at least as early in the year but we have already seen two tropical systems and it's not officially even tropical season yet until june yeah. 1st so um yeah it's been a little bit unusual this uh, this year on all fronts the other thing I might mention is as of the last week or so, we've had what we call a cutoff low that was spinning over Texas. It finally, you know, a cutoff low means it's detached from the jet stream and the jet stream is sort of the steering current that drives low pressure systems along and it will sort of, you know, kick them out into a, a new area for the next day and then the following day and such. But 
if a low is sort of uh, meandering by itself, it causes headaches, it causes flooding, it causes storms in the same area. And that's what we've dealt with over Texas and, and parts of the deep south and even into the plains where the wraparound moisture has led to quite a bit of precipitation. It's felt more like Seattle in the central plains over the past <laughs> week or two than it has um, late May. And it does look like uh, that, that that pattern is finally about to move out. Is that kind of what you're, you're looking at? It is. It's uh, The low is finally going to get caught up and move into the Tennessee Valley and eventually lift on off to the northeast, and that will clear things out in uh, the central part of the country. In fact, high pressure is building in soon as uh, tomorrow. And uh, just kind of touching on the western part of the country from the desert southwest into northern California, they have been extremely hot. In fact, even in southern Oregon today, the high is going to be 95. And so it's mm. been uh, very, very warm. And then that system is going to move a little bit further east and affect the Intermountain West, the High Plains, and the Central Plains. We're talking to meteorologist Dan Holiday from the Storm Report Radio Network here on the Storm Report podcast. One of the things we like to do on this podcast from time to time, in fact, we did this yesterday, is highlight significant weather events and take a look back uh, on some of those events that have happened. Yesterday was the 23rd anniversary of the Gerald, Texas tornado back in 1997. Uh, today, and one of the big reasons why we have Dan here on the show with us, is to talk about the tornado outbreak that happened on this date uh, one year ago in 2019, May 28th of 2019, where a uh, EF4 tornado occurred uh, up in northeastern Kansas uh, that impacted uh, Lawrence, Kansas and uh, Linwood, Kansas as well. We're going to talk a little bit about that. But but Dan, one thing that I noticed as I was kind of looking at uh, this tornado outbreak is that this was, uh, this was an outbreak that spanned nearly two weeks. I mean, it seemed like every day from May 17th through May 30th of 2019, there were uh, some some big tornadic and severe weather threats in different parts of the country, especially in the Plain states. Uh, of course, like we mentioned a few minutes ago, we're not seeing any of that this year. Uh, it just kind of goes to show how different May of 2019 was to May of this year. Huge difference. Yeah, absolutely huge difference. And, um, you know, when we look back, we can kind of see what that was. Could be pattern changes. Some of it could be due to the uh, way that the entire country has just shut down because we know that uh, as as um, certain things are done here um, close to the ground or in terms of with factories and businesses and and uh, exhaust systems and things like that, it, it does affect uh, the way that the atmosphere reacts to it and uh, things have changed dramatically. So it'd be interesting to see what kind of an effect if, if folks do a study, especially climatologists do a study on if that had any impact at all, or if it was just merely an overall pattern change from last year. Now, you know, May 28th of, of 2019, there were 35 tornado reports that day. Um, it's been forever since we've seen something like that. Um, and then the very next day was 51 tornado reports. So this late May is just completely, you know, not even close to being reminiscent of what last year was. Now, I remember that tornado on that specific day one year ago today, uh, watching uh, severe weather coverage on my laptop here in Wichita, uh, but watching the coverage up in Kansas City uh, as they were covering this storm. And, you know, of course, it was rated an EF4 tornado. Um, you know, very, it was very, very close to, to causing significant damage in Lawrence, but it kind of skirted the southeastern edge of the city. Um, and, but of course, it did, you know, sort of move right through the small town of Linwood. 
neighborhood uh, before dissipating right before it reached you know the major metropolitan area of Kansas City. Uh, I know you were on the air that day as well, providing severe weather coverage. What do you remember about that day? I, I remember how incredibly busy it was. It was one of those days where um, we were on the air in uh, Topeka, Kansas City. Um, we were on the air in Hayes, Salina, um, Wichita. It was just a super, super busy day. I believe it was our busiest day last year. And just kind of looking at, you know, where, you know, earlier on in the day, we actually had tornado reports near Shenzhen in Ellis County, uh, not too far from Hayes. And then uh, we started getting, you know, additional reports of it. I think the first report we had was south of Osage City in Osage County in East Central Kansas. And then that that storm was actually riding along a warm front. It was kind of anchored on a warm front, which uh, the warm front can provide that that uh, you know that different wind uh, shear that you need in order to really strengthen a tornado. And in some cases, along a warm front, you can have very large tornadoes. And that's exactly what we had. We had a lot of moisture and instability, and it was the, it was just the, it was the perfect storm of everything to happen. And then, of course, you know, we saw this moving north and northeast, and it was headed toward Lawrence. And I remember we were on the air in Topeka, and the thought crossed our mind. I thought, you know, I, I remember saying on the air to my colleague Nick Gosnell, who was also on the air, uh, you know, Nick said, um, you know, what do you think this is going to do? And I said, I wouldn't be surprised to see them issue a tornado emergency for Lawrence, or at least part of Lawrence, because this thing is big, and it's you know, it, it could do widespread, you know, catastrophic damage if it goes into the city. Sure. And, and and they did. They issued that. And then, of course, um, it sort of skirted Lawrence, but just kept on in that track towards Kansas City. And I think that's where it got really unnerving, because when you saw something that big, um, really surprised that that we, we lucked out that day, even though there was damage, um, there could have been. Um, a huge number of injuries and widespread damage. It just tracked across an area that wasn't as populated. And because of that, you know, I, I mean, I don't know how else to say it, but we just kind of lucked out. Yeah, absolutely. It, it was on the ground for 55 minutes. It traveled a distance of just over 29 miles. There were no fatalities, uh, you know, thank goodness, uh, with that tornado. There were 18 people that were injured. I think one of the things that, you know, looking back on that day, uh, and I would imagine that, you know, meteorologists that were covering the storm uh, for, you know, the Kansas City metro, you know, they, they have to, you know, take a, a deep, you know, sigh of relief that it did not move into densely populated areas of the Kansas City metro because correct me if I'm wrong, Dan, but it was right on path to roll right into Kansas City. Well, it was. And um, I remember when um, the storm had it had already hit Linwood. And in fact, you know, those of us who work in the media, I know emergency management folks do too, are connected through um, sort of a closed circuit chat room where you can talk to the National Weather Service and do reports and they can talk to you and they, they keep that very locked down. But one of the things that they were saying is, you know, Linwood has got to be in the middle of this. It's probably getting hit right now. And, you know, you could see the debris ball on, on radar, which is a, you know, you can look at a, at a mode on radar, which shows you exactly what's going on. The debris being lofted into the air for, for you know, tens of miles. And that was disheartening to know that, well, we know something's being hit. We just don't know what. And then, of course, Linwood being in the track, we found out they were hit. And then it just it, it kept going on the ground. And, and I remember the next concern was, oh, my gosh, Bonner Springs. And you start thinking about the Kansas Speedway and 
places like Nebraska Furniture Mart and uh, the Legend Shopping Center, and you think, where are these people going to go? You know, how many are going to do what we all do in the middle part of the country and run out and watch and then realize that's not a wall of rain, that's a giant tornado. And I remember mm-hmm. that the folks from the National Weather Service in Pleasant Hill were begging for the media, please plead with people to take cover. This is serious. And it was headed right into the metro area. And thankfully, it lifted a couple of miles before it got to um, you know, that, that, that big shopping area in Kansas City, Kansas, in and around you know, the, the, the Kansas Speedway. And couldn't imagine, you know, the sight of something like that happening, but, but it, it was all too real then. And, you know, you look at something like that and you just have these flashbacks to things like Andover and, and uh, you, you know, the big uh, Birmingham and Tuscaloosa day on April 27th, 2011. You start thinking, this is one tornado, but this is a huge tornado. And so mm. there's a lot of things that go through your mind, especially while you're live on the air. And if memory serves, yeah, yeah, I know it was a rain wrap tornado for, you know, quite a while, but if memory serves, I I, I do remember it being visible. I mean, I, I seem to remember watching the severe weather coverage on one of the, the Kansas city uh, stations. And I believe that they had it, they had the, the tornado visible uh, on TV if memory serves, but I, I, you know, obviously, you know, as it's continuing to, you know, roll in. The, there, there was a good amount of warning for the Kansas City Metro, but like you mentioned, uh, you know that densely populated area certainly dodged a bullet on that day. One thing that I thought was really interesting about that tornado a year ago uh, today was that the, the KC International Airport (KCI) or MCI, uh, which is over 40 miles away from the area affected by the tornado, actually reported debris on the runway. 40 miles away from you know that the Linwood area from where uh, the the majority of the damage was centered in which definitely you know shows the immense power of what a tornado can do can carry debris you know that far and so uh, yeah you know I, I just to obviously reiterate uh, yeah you know one year ago today certainly dodged a bullet from major 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 damage and major loss of life as well we we could have easily been talking about this in a historical reference. You know, uh, I know people are looking back and going, oh, a year ago today, we had that close call or we had that very big tornado. And, and folks in Linwood remember it all too well, even in South Lawrence. But we could have been putting this in. I think, I mean, there was a time that, that some of us kind of, you know, talking during that event were saying we could be looking at this as one of the top 10 or 20 tornado events of all time because... It just with the way it was, where it was headed, it was um, it it was a very 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 close call. And what's interesting about it is, um, you know, it really it lifted before it got to Kansas City proper, and uh, you know, and then and then you had additional um, tornado um, situations occurring. Well, in Kearney, in Clay County, uh, just a little before eight o'clock that night, you had an EF two tornado that was four hundred yards wide. So um, mm. that system just that lifted, and then it it touched back down on the northern side of the metro area again. Um, Kansas City dodged a bullet. You know how else can you say it? They they did, yeah. but it could have been much worse. 
The tornado was the first violent tornado to strike Kansas since a high-end EF4 came within close range of Abilene and Chapman on May 25th, 2016. Final question for you, Dan, before we let you go and wrap up uh, this episode of the Storm Report podcast. You know, it, it's um, one of the things that we've talked about, about, you know, this podcast and some of the things that we can do is talk a little bit about the emotional side of it, you know, and for folks that are covering these storms who are on the air. And I always find it compelling when meteorologists who, you know, whether they're on radio or television on a, you know, potentially historic day, look back on that and talk about what they were feeling during that time. You know, I know that you had mentioned how busy you and your team of meteorologists were that day, but in that moment when you're, when you're thinking, wow, there's a chance that Kansas city could be hit hard by an EF4 tornado emotionally, what are you going through when you're on the air? It's a lot of emotion, but, but more than anything, um, the first thing that comes to mind is um, try and do the basics very well. Uh, because when when you realize the gravity of the situation at hand, and, and I can tell you this because I was on the air um, doing a, a report from the field when a tornado hit Wichita on, uh, on April 26, 1991, and then eventually went on to um, Andover to become an, an F5. And, and I just remember the emotion that day. But comparing the two, um, the first thing you're thinking is, I have to let these people know exactly where it is, exactly where it's going, and what it could do. And and those things just keep they, they're they're kind of burned in your mind because if you get too caught up in the emotion, you can describe it and you can talk about what it's doing and and how you know awestruck you are. But there are people on the other end going, "Where is it? Is it coming to my house? I have to know. You have to let me know. Is it? Is it?" Is it going to affect me? Is it moving away? Where is it going? Is it going to get worse? Is another one coming after this one? So you have to try and and really think clearly through it. But emotionally, your adrenaline is running because in the end, you're thinking this could be the big one. This could be the biggest thing I've ever covered. And um, and I know several of us got on the phone afterwards and and. And, and emotions were running pretty high because we were trying to get on the air quickly in places where we knew lives were at stake. And in some cases, for technical reasons, maybe the person at the other end was not able to do it as quickly. And so, um, you know, you, you've got a lot of people who are passionately interested in weather and you've got people who are passionately interested in saving lives. And somehow you meet in the middle through all this. But it's you're right that. It's hard to describe it until it happens, but um, I know you've been through it before too. You know, covering mm-hmm. weather on radio, but it's it's very very hard to describe to to just anyone. But hoping that we don't have that that feeling again. It just it's it's a little bit too much when it happens, and it's it's too close for comfort for sure. Yeah, it's one thing for you know a meteorologist to give the temperature and you know the conditions outside. It's another thing when it's a life or death situation for sure. And and residents, you know, one year ago today, the on the western side of the Kansas City metro, certainly count, counting their blessings from what could have been uh, one year ago today on May twenty eighth of twenty nineteen. It's Dan Holiday. He's the president and meteorologist from the Storm Report Radio Network, providing uh, weather reports and weather coverage for radio stations from coast to coast. Dan, want to thank you so much for being here on the show. Thank you so much for having me and uh, have a great uh, weekend ahead. It looks like the weather, at least in the central part of the country, is going to be very nice. 
Absolutely. Don't forget to hit subscribe. That way, anytime we have a brand new episode of the Storm Report podcast, you'll be notified. Uh, You can also find us wherever you listen to your favorite podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, and many, many other platforms out there as well. You can also go online to thestormreport.com to listen to the podcast. You can get interactive radar, custom forecasts, and much more. Again, that's thestormreport.com. Follow us on Facebook at the Storm Report Radio Network and on Twitter at the Storm Report. Until next time, I'm your host, Tommy Castor. You've been listening to the Storm Report podcast in association with the Storm Report Radio Network.